Create an Unstoppable Life, Episode 190. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back, my friends. Welcome to the middle of August. Welcome to, I'm not sure what else, this episode. (laughs) Today, I'm going to share a talk that I gave at the Axe Retreat last month. That's the Catholic Women's Retreat. It was such a, a lovely retreat, like so encouraging, inspiring, so much love, so much giving, so much sharing. I attended as a team member and gave a talk on faith and service. And that's what you'll hear today. And I'll tell you that whole weekend was great preparation for receiving the call that Craig was in the accident, the clarity and focus that came out of the weekend, the knowing that I'm strong and knowing that God is part of my life, knowing that he is in control and knowing that I will never be called to do something that I cannot do has really helped us navigate the accident and life afterwards with a lot of clarity, a lot of gratitude, and a lot of focus. So I thought I'd share my faith with you. It's not something that I speak about a lot. It's time to start. So here it is. You know those plastic bags in the grocery store that very few people can open? Like you have to move your fingers in a certain way to get the ends open. That's my earliest memory of helping someone, seeing a need and believing that I could do something about it. And I walked over and offered to help and it felt terrific. The old lady, who was probably my age now, She was very appreciative. I was probably in fourth grade, and I remember thinking, I want to do this every day. I'm going to look for some way to help someone every day. What I know now as an adult is that I simply wanted to feel that way every day. I wanted to feel worthy. I wanted to feel like a good person. I wanted to feel the surprise and joy from others when they're helped. And that's how my life of service started. The home I grew up in wasn't a feel-good place. It was physically safe and emotionally volatile. I never felt good enough, and there were plenty of things that were said or done to reinforce my feelings of not good enough and not worthy of love. And I grew up collecting guilt and shame and accepting blame, and I became so resentful of my parents. I made choices as a teenager from anger and resentment, and I really feel for that girl who felt alone and unworthy. That girl who was emotionally volatile because she didn't feel seen, she didn't feel heard, She didn't know how to do anything different. The times I could put aside my brokenness was taking care of others and fixing problems. And service was my escape. From the outside, it's incredibly altruistic. It's giving and sharing. It's placing others' needs first and forgetting, at least temporarily, that I had needs. From the inside, it was a way to stay busy and feel better, both enjoying the service and avoiding the pain of not feeling good enough. Nobody questioned someone doing good things for others, and busy meant there was no time to replay the past. I was good enough at this moment. I was good enough to do this work. God was in my orbit. He was out there somewhere. I wanted him to be in me, with me. I wanted him to love me, and I didn't know how to do any of it. And I seemed to be the only one in my family that was seeking more and seeking escape. I hated the behavior of my father and rarely followed his will. I did just enough to get by and balance that with enough to piss him off. From a young age, I didn't feel safe and I coped with taking control, creating my own sense of safety and believing I know best and my will be done. 
It was my will and my way, and nobody was going to tell me what to do, which is how I treated the relationship with God. My way, the hard way, the exhausting way, the wanting to give to others and help life around me be a little bit better, it meant that there was always more to do, more people to help, more work to be done, more problems to solve, more resources to obtain. And there's joy and emptiness living that way. When things were tough, I'd work harder. I tell myself, I don't have any needs. My needs can wait. And I set very high standards. That might be an understatement <laughs> for who I had to be, how my life had to look, at least on the outside, to hide from the guilt and shame and not enoughness. And it all worked. It worked beautifully until it didn't. Service is a fantastic thing and a lonely thing. And the not good enough, not worthy enough doesn't go away. It just waits for quiet moments like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., Serving others meant I didn't have to look inside of me to see what I was carrying or running away from because there's just too much to do. God came closer, which really means I created an opening to peek outside the walls around me and I could see God through my husband. He was and is Catholic, like capital letters. (laughs) His Catholic grandparents were the largest influencers in his life. So I joined RCIA during our engagement, was baptized and confirmed the Easter after we married. And Craig was in the army, and we enjoyed the experience of Mass early in our marriage. That's about as far as our practice went. I was accepted into medical school, I joined the army, and my faith was good. At least it was good enough to get by, but not really something to rely on during challenges. Our son was born, my faith was good. It took a backseat to all the demands. Over the years, I still felt alone and not good enough and exhausted from putting a lot of effort into people and systems that weren't changing. I was doing what I knew how to do, my will, with my limited resources, my limited capacity. And it's no surprise that I continue to serve and feel so broken and empty. I deployed to Iraq for 15 months. The brokenness came with me. As the months went on, I felt alone. I didn't feel God. Craig and our son were on the other side of the world. I started to blame Craig for everything, pull away from him. He was the problem. Our marriage is the problem. That's why I'm unhappy. That's why I feel trapped. I didn't see Jesus. I didn't feel Jesus. I just felt alone. Jesus has paved the way and proven so much love and so much loyalty through the years. He sent Craig. He gifted us our son. He strengthened me to become a doctor and deploy to Iraq. He's seen me, known me, carried me out of the depths of poor choices. He's seen the hardships of practicing medicine and being the doctor when everything goes wrong and it all feels bad. When I felt alone and abandoned, I imagine now that he was carrying me and I was just complaining. (laughs) He strengthened Craig to be present and loyal so our marriage could endure. Serving broken and with the attitude of my will be done, I'm the one to make this happen. I'm the one who has to know. I'm the one who can't give up. I'm the one committed to not letting others down or letting them die. That was the only way I knew how to function. My faith has grown incredibly since returning 15 years ago. I was shut down and shut off for a few years, eventually going back to Mass, and over the past few years, really feeling the fire for a life of greater purpose and meaning. The past year, my idea of service has shifted to serving God. The encouragement and prayers of dear friends, last year's axe retreat, the love of Craig, that's what has led to the shift. One of believing that God has a plan and a purpose for my life, and my job is just to follow it, 
to set down the defenses, to stop pretending that I know or that I'm in control, to stop creating backup plans to the backup plans, to avoid feeling pain, rejection, or abandonment, to stop doing things to stay in motion and ignore my pain, to stop walling off and looking at ways that I've been abandoned, to start allowing myself to be present and start believing that I am enough. On New Year's Eve, I shared my 2023 intentions with a dear friend. It was so beautiful. It was mapped out and color-coded, and it had lots of lines and all kinds of things on it. (laughs) My dear friend who deeply believes in God, listens to God, and delights most of the time, at least, in the unknown of what God has in store for her. She smiled, asked some questions, let me go on and on about what I want for the year. She noticed the desire for my will to be done, and she sat quietly and nodded. She shared her empty page and said, I don't know what God has in store. I just look forward to it. (laughs) Oh, there it is again. My will be done. Hmm. Less than a week later, there was a resounding call to be still. And my response, be what? Be still? All the excuses for not doing this came up. Oh, I've got too much to do. There's no time. Not now. I can't possibly. Be still and let God. Let God be present. Let God do the work. Let God's will be done. Serve in a way that's not a cover for your brokenness. Heal. Allow God to see you like he already does, but acknowledge that it's happening. To see that there was no longer a need to run away or a need to hide or a need to hold on to the guilt and shame for things I had no control over. To heal and forgive myself for as he has forgiven me for the poor decisions and the not believing that he created me with delight. Be still so I could start seeing myself through his eyes. He didn't make a mistake. He's not ashamed of me. He's already forgiven me. He loves me and delights in me. Be still to see that his work and his direction are the way. He won't lead me astray. He won't ask more of me than I have to give. He's chosen me to do this work and to do it with meaning and purpose. Service is simply easier when it's with God and for God. I don't have to know how it's all going to work out. I simply do my part. It's not exhausting because I'm starting with his love and I have an abundance of love to share. I'm no longer running from pain, at least no longer running as often or as far. I'm serving him. There are things I don't understand or I don't know what to do with, and the Surrender Novena has been so helpful. Jesus, I trust in you. Take care of everything. I am little. I am afraid. I don't know, but you do. Matthew 5.16 says, Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Heavenly Father. Service with God and for God means that I'm not alone, during the times that I'd rather no one experience. Death, pain, loss, suffering. Service with God and for God means there's time. There's no hurry. It's about offering help, offering hope, offering love, offering resources. And sometimes just saying things like, this isn't as good as it gets. He is with you. Service with God and for God means that the things that feel risky, they just aren't. It's for him, and he will show me the way. The friend on New Year's Eve that listened without judgment is the same friend that has shown me the power of trusting God and saying yes. 
Last year, she and I created a conference for 100 women physicians to heal the healers and show a broken community that we are stronger together. We said yes to what felt like his will. We took on $160,000 worth of risk and came out even, while creating an experience that is still being shared as a profound event that changed lives. We said yes this February to do it again and sign the contract to create another experience to share his love and his healing with others. The women who will attend, they may or may not know our values or our faith. They know our love. They know our commitment. They know our compassion. And it's simply God's channeled through us. It's freely shared and abundant. With God and for God is a beautiful place to be. I'm limited by two things. One, my imagination when I choose to walk alone. Two, my ego and belief that I know what's best and I can fix anything. (laughs) Just ask me. (laughs) When I really believe that I'm part of something holy and infinite and ask for intercessions and pray for the Holy Spirit to be here and give it up to God to show me his will and make peace with my humanity, that is when the most amazing things happen. His will, his timing, his amazing grace, his resources, which are infinitely better than anything I have. I see when my ego kicks in. I start to feel alone or afraid. I feel sad for the opportunities that seem out of reach and the not good enough, the not worthy. Oh, it shows up again. And then I remember, wait, God's still here. He's waiting. Jesus is smiling at me, patting me on the head. Come on, little one. This isn't a place for you to sit down. A life of service with God and for God is one where the focus is on the other person. I am no longer hiding my brokenness. I have healed it. I continue to heal it. I don't have to hide and I don't have to fix others. Service with God and for God means seeing others, hearing them, and not owning the responsibility to fix them, but rather to be a person of love, to share a message of hope, to say that we are all imperfect and God is not ashamed of us, no matter where we are right now, to say this isn't as good as it gets, we don't have to hide. God heals. He can heal when he's allowed into those tender spaces. And staying busy, that simply keeps those tender spaces walled off. And of course, nothing changes. A life of service with God and for God means that there'll be things for which there is no satisfying answer on earth. I don't know why good people get cancer. I don't know why young people die. I don't know why some women won't carry a pregnancy to term or will deliver a baby that dies. I don't know. Even as a doctor, I don't know. But what I do know is that God is here in all the moments and choosing to serve him offers me the capacity to see people in their darkest moments and light a candle. Be present and know that he loves us right here. He sees how difficult this is. We aren't alone and we aren't a mistake. That life of service that meant running and staying busy, trying to take care of every need and fix every perceived problem so I could feel okay about who I was, that life is over. That wasn't God. That was me trying to outrun my brokenness while carrying it. My life of serving with God and for God is one of beauty. There are no dark hours because he is here. There are difficult situations and emotions, and he is here. They're searching for answers until I remember there may never be a satisfying answer during this lifetime. He is here. I am his. 
and the people he puts in my path, those are mine to share his love with. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Serving with God and for God means my cup refills, my heart grows in size, and compassion for this human experience multiplies. People are suffering, they're lost, they're alone, they're only hearing the voice of the evil one, and they need us to see them and hear them. People feel abandoned, betrayed, and not good enough, just like I did. Serving with God and for God is a daily practice, and the return is peace, contentment, and growth for greater things to come. Thy will be done. The struggle is real. My default mechanism is my way, my will. I'll fix it now. And I have to continually pause and say, hey God, what do you think? What do you want me to learn or see or know or share? What is your will? I have to notice the desire to be busy and ignore the rumblings on the inside because that's when the brokenness, unworthiness, the not enoughness want to come back up again. They wait for any opportunity. There's a quote attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. First do what is necessary, then do what is possible, and soon you will be doing the impossible. And that's what my life feels like now. My life of service is really a ministry of healing, loving my family and growing into steadfast and loyal, creating conferences and experiences for women doctors, sharing hope through a podcast, treating hospitalized patients, serving in the church, extending love consistently to women who don't feel worthy or good enough, building a community of women. It's all pretty darn incredible. My life is simple when I choose with God and for God. His will be done in His time. I am His. I am whole and I am worthy. And my dear friends, wherever you are in your walk of faith, In your belief, no matter how far away or how close, whatever you're experiencing, you are so worthy too. So I'm sending you so much love, and I'll see you next time. Upcoming, probably the beginning of September, is part three with Dr. Jillian Rigert. It's a wonderful journey to travel with her and to travel with you on our book study of Fear, Self-Compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff. Ciao.